Am I the only one here that gets giddy in the summer? I, I was just noticing today how kind of giddy I was, and I, and I couldn't think of any particular good reason for it other than it's just summer and everything seems expansive and the, the sunlight goes on halfway through the evening and the weather's great and there's so many outdoor activities you could do. And, and of course, it, it just reminds me of that unfettered freedom that I felt as a child. Do you remember when you were a child and it seemed like the day lasted forever and, and, you were, and you had no responsibilities in particular? I mean, of course, as kids, we have responsibilities and there are odds and ends of things that we have to do. But as a young child, just hanging out in the neighborhood with friends and inventing crazy games and just the, just the complete freedom that it represented. Over the 4th of July, my partner and I had some fun down at the beach. We rode this silly little uh, train that left uh, Garibaldi. And, and at the end of the train ride, they shoot off the fireworks. And I just thought, this is about the best thing ever. Just like I felt like a child. <laughs> I totally felt childlike on that evening. And, and, and I think as I was watching the fireworks go off, too, it just reminded me what an amazing country we live on. Do you know this country was really founded and based on the idea of freedom? I mean, I know we really only tend to think about it or celebrate it on the 4th of July. But, uh, but the whole, con I mean, if you look at any other uh, articles of incorporation, so to speak, if you look at any other wise documents around the world, they're not going to be based on freedom the way our Constitution is. Uh, you know, a, a couple of the words from our Constitution always strike me. One is the idea of justice and freedom for all. But I think the other one that is even more meaningful me, to me is the idea that one of our undeniable, one of our unalien, unalienable rights is to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is in our Constitution. Now, I have to put a little caveat there, to be honest. When the Constitution was written, those words were meant for middle-aged white guys. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I got to own up to that part, right? Women didn't have the right to vote. You know, African-Americans, well, if there were any at that time, they would have been slaves, right? So even though, and I think this is fascinating, by the way, so even at that time, although the founding fathers of the United States understood that there should be justice for all, that there should be freedoms for all, at that time, all was only this big. <laughs> And so over time, and, and here's the other thing I love about America, and I, and I love even about our Constitution, is that it had the capability of change built right into it. The idea of amendments, the idea of passing new laws, of simply having the court system reinterpret the laws that are already there, right? We didn't necessarily need to change anything. Liberty and justice for all seems pretty clear. We just needed to change what that all meant. That Oh, well, maybe, maybe, who knows, women ought to be included in that. Maybe people, regardless of their racial characteristics, ought to be included in that. And then as a, a, again back on the 4th as we were riding that train, here we've reinterpreted again and even as we were on that train, uh, the Supreme Court decided that you know maybe this defense of marriage act is actually exclusionary. You know, maybe we ought to take a look at that. Maybe uh, some of the uh, the rights that are due to other Americans ought to be included for for gay and lesbian couples as well. It's fascinating. 
The idea of freedom is at the very core of this country. And I would suggest to you tonight that that's not even where our real freedom comes from. Even though we're in the country that, what is it, the, land, the home of the something and the land of the free? <laughs> Someone help me out here. Even though this is the place, thank you, yes. Even though this is the, the country of freedom, how many of us feel free all the time? Okay, some people do, and, and, and I'm, that is wonderful. I gotta tell you, most people, even in America, even well-to-do people, don't necessarily feel that freedom. They certainly recognize that they may have the legal right to it. They certainly may recognize that, that freedom is the nature of things. And yet, how many people feel trapped to a certain degree? In a marriage that maybe isn't quite working the way it should, in a job that maybe got tired and old some time ago. How many people feel trapped by their circumstances in terms of maybe how old they are or, or maybe a disease or some kind of a condition that's got them locked into a certain way of living that they really don't care for. How many people on this planet, or even in this room, to a degree, feel trapped, feel anything but free? Now, not every day, right? It kind of comes and goes, doesn't it? I'm thinking of uh, about 10 years ago, oh, a little more than that now, I had a boss that I just loathed. I hate even to, to own up to this because <laughs> the job was pretty good, but I ended up with this boss that was just terrible. And I felt so constrained. He was one of those kinds of people that micromanage things. And oh my gosh, I couldn't do a darn thing without him like peering over my shoulder. It felt like we were joined at the hip. Do you have experiences like that in life where uh, for whatever reason, it's like, oh my gosh, if only this were different, then I would feel free. If only this one thing, you know, and I, well, one more short story about uh, this aspect of freedom anyway. So some friends of mine decided that they would adopt. And what happened was when, when it came time for, for placing a, a baby with them, it was twins that were available. <laughs> And suddenly, suddenly this couple that like had all the freedoms of the world, right? <laughs> Can you imagine twins going from zero to 100, to 100 miles an hour with twins? Suddenly it seemed to them like all their freedom was taken away. They couldn't just idly go out on the town, especially with twins. A lot of babysitters are even like, I don't know. <laughs> what is this thing really then? called freedom. Because it's certainly beyond the laws that are given to us. It's certainly beyond the rights bestowed to us by the Constitution. I think that sometimes our freedom, maybe even more than sometimes, I think freedom is an inside job. I think freedom starts and ends largely right here. I'm going to illustrate with a joke. A laboratory rabbit one day managed to break free from the cage he had been born, brought up, and used as part of a long-term study on nicotine. As he scurried away from the fencing of the compound and he felt the grass under his little feet for the first time, he saw the dawn breaking up over an open field of grass. So beautiful, he thought. 
Well, it wasn't long before he came to a hedge, and after squeezing under it, he met up with uh, some other rabbits, some wild rabbits, free and nibbling on the grass. Come and play with us, said the rabbits. And so the wild rabbits and the laboratory rabbits began playing together, nibbling the grass, having some fun. So beautiful, he thought. Later, he asked the wild rabbits, what else do you do? Well, you see those other rabbits over there? They're girl rabbits. And after some, <laughs> after some explaining, the laboratory rabbit learned another thing that wild rabbits did. And as the day wore on, the laboratory rabbit and the wild rabbits really had a marvelous time. <laughs> as the sun began to set, they asked him, so are you going to stay with us? Are you going to come and live with us? And the laboratory rabbit, much to their surprise, said, well, no, I'm due back at the lab. I, I got to head back to the lab. Well, whatever for, said the wild rabbits. Well, I'm dying for a cigarette. <laughs> it is kind of bad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and yet... I think this joke teaches us the very epitome of what freedom or not is. I think for all of us, the cage door is wide open all the time. I think that each one of us has that complete right that the Constitution gives us to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness always. And I think that anytime we're not feeling that, it's because we've closed the cage door. Anytime we're feeling anything less than whole, perfect, complete, free, joyous, we're the ones that have plugged this into that nicotine experiment. You know what I mean? And whether you want to call the, the lives that we plugged ourselves into habitual or whether you want to call some of the situations that we get ourselves into a, a, abusive, it, so often we think that these issues are coming from without. And yet... Our ability to be and to live and to exist in freedom is never diminished. If you've ever read anything of uh, Nelson Mandela's, if you've ever read anything of, uh, uh, of Martin Luther King's in some of their times of trouble, when outwardly they were most bound up, outwardly they had the most responsibilities. Uh, Nelson Mandela literally caged for a, a good portion of his life. And yet their writings are of pure freedom. Their writings are of massive and complete liberty. It's because it's up here. I want to illustrate uh, this idea of self-imposed bondage a little bit. And I think I'm going to need a help. Because this is going to be both a practical demonstration and a metaphorical demonstration. And I hope we're up for it. And I'm going to ask Barbara to help me. So often when things go wrong in our lives that feel like bondage, it starts with a small hurt. And so let us pretend, for the sake of argument, that I poked my finger with a thorn and I have a small hurt. Now on the metaphysical side of things, that small hurt might just be something bad that happened to me when I was growing up as a kid. Do you know what? I think all of us can find something bad that happened to us when we were a kid. A mom that said our art project wasn't worth anything, a, a grandmother that didn't have time for us, right? And it's really no more than just a small hurt. And do you know what we do when we have a small hurt? Would you help me put a Band-Aid on? Sure. Okay. I, I appreciate it. Band-Aid, owie. 
<laughs> and this is what we, of course we would do this, right? We have a small part, we put a Band-Aid on it, and a Band-Aid is no more than a superficial attention to something that's gone <laughs> wrong in our life. You want me to do what I would do if it were my son? All right. Okay, got to kiss her first. Right? Oh, all right. Hey, she's nice. I like her. Thank you. Well, and it is a pirate bandage. I thought you'd like that. All right. So, and then what do we do metaphorically? The bandage is nothing more than maybe sharing with a friend what happened. The metaphor here of, uh, of dealing with an owie when something rotten happened to us, whether we had a terrible day at work or maybe we were victimized as a child, the bandage can be no more than just the passage of time. The bandage can be no more than a friend saying, uh, you're actually right here, right? Something bad happened, but you're okay. That's the band-aid. But don't you know people that it doesn't end there? Don't you know people who've had something happen to them, and it's as though 10 years later, it's still happening to them? To me, that's the idea of what comes next. And uh, if you don't mind again, it's kind of like, well, the Band-Aid wasn't quite good enough. I really need to protect myself a little better, right? So I'm a little worried I'm going to re-injure myself. I'm a little, worry, a little bit worried here that the same thing happened to me before, the same life upset, the same bad marriage, the same bad job, the same awkwardness of uh, being victimized or ending up with an abusing husband or whatever it is, I see a pattern here and I'm going to prevent it. So what do I do? I kind of institutionalize it a little bit. I start identifying with it. You know, the, the physical metaphor here of a glove is to keep me protected so I can go out and do more gardening if I have to without worrying about a thorn. And you know what? Some people don't even end there. Some people might end up with a thorn amelioration device here. <laughs> Some people might go so far as to say, I'm not going to take any chances at all. I'm going to hermetically seal this life of mine up in such a way that I can never be hurt again. I'm going to close up my heart. I'm going to put my woundedness into a hermetically sealed uh, amelioration device. I love that word. I'm, you almost never get to use it. And... Uh, <laughs> And I'm going to make myself safe. Once and for all, I'm going to be safe. And then you know what? We don't even end there. After a while, we think, well, you know, this is kind of plain. Uh, Reverend Noel, would, would you maybe want to sign my amelioration device here? He's looking at it like he hasn't seen it. Oh, there you go. Oh, no, just sign it. It's just a pen. Yeah, just, mar just put your mark on it there. Make a mark. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh huh. And and have you and have you known teenagers that like have their cast signed and things like that, right? So this this would be kind of like that. Barb, would you like to add a little decoration to this as well? Thank you, dear. So in the world of metaphor, in the world of metaphysics, this is when you start making a career of your woundedness. <laughs> Have you known people to have a career of their woundedness? I'm going to give just one more example of this, and then, and then I'm going to move on. When I first became a minister, one of my first duties was doing some evaluation of practitioners. And, 
And one of, the, one of the practitioners we had at that time, and she's passed away since now, she wanted to do a grief group. And I said, oh, well, this is very interesting. She said, why don't you come over to my house? I've got all these ideas for doing a, a grief group, and, and I'll start taking off my disguise here. But uh, come on over, and, and, and I'll explain how. So I went over, and I was looking forward to actually meeting her. I wanted to meet her husband. I wanted to see what her place was like, because I like to get to know my practitioners. And so I came over, and, uh, and she invited me in, and the table was set for, for three because uh, she was going to have lunch. And I'm looking up, and I'm seeing the pictures of her family and her, her you know, handsome husband on the wall. And, and uh, so she started making dinner. I said, well, where's your husband? And she said, oh, he's dead. And I said, oh. She said, well, that, I said, well, that's weird. You talk about him at church a lot. Yeah, but he died. Yeah. I said, well, I'm so sorry, sweetie. Are you sure you want to do a grief group when you, you yourself are grieving? And she said, oh, he died 20 years ago. We are the people that trap ourselves. And whether it's portraying yourself as a, a cancer survivor, whether it's portraying yourself as unemployable, whether it's in your own mind thinking that you can never have a good relationship because some of your relationships have turned out badly, these are you cinching, binding yourself into beliefs about yourself that are just not true. They're lies. This is how bondage starts. This is, this is how we start putting ourselves on the nicotine drip like the rabbit in the story. It isn't the outside world that makes us bound up and unfree. It's right here. So how do we begin to take, uh, take off our, some of our woundedness? How do we begin processing uh, healing, if you will? I think one of the keys here is the idea of freedom from versus freedom to. If you find yourself in that mode of always wishing you were free from something, free from that nasty marriage, free from that awful boss, free from that disease or growing older, free from this and free from that, I think that's where the woundedness arises because we are identifying with what's wrong. To our mind, the only thing that's wrong here is the outer world, it's the stuff, it's the job, it's the boyfriend, it's the whatever it is. We're identifying with what we wish to be free from. And instead, let us just make a shift, just understand that the Constitution was about life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let us be free to, not free from. Let us put aside the things that bother us. Let us put aside the things that feel like they're binding us up, the things that feel like they're untoward responsibilities, and just ask ourselves, what do we want to be free to do, to be? This is what's important. And when we change that focus, I think the universe will change. Suddenly, the, the band-aids uh, start coming off and we discover, gosh, that thorn maybe healed 25 years ago. When we begin focusing on what we do want to be, what we do want to experience, when we focus on the freedom to do things, to be things, 
the negativity falls away, I think. It's, it, it is maybe nothing more spiritual or complicated than the enthusiasm of life that's, that's hooking into us again and moving us forward into something beautiful, something loving, something joyous. That is where freedom comes from. It's knowing what we want and moving forward in it and having a good time along the way. That, I think, is freedom. And it can happen regardless of how old you are or, or whether you were wounded as a child. It can happen always. Ernest Holmes uh, had a lovely quote about freedom that I want to share with you as the founder of Science of Mind. Here's what he said in uh, the Science of Mind textbook. He said, the divine plan is one of freedom. Bondage is not God-ordained. Freedom is the birthright of every living soul. Everyone instinctively feels this. The truth points to freedom under law. Thus, the inherent nature of mankind is forever seeking to express itself in terms of freedom. And we would do well to listen to this inner voice, for it tells us of a life wonderful in scope, of a love and a happiness beyond our fondest dreams, of a freedom from which the soul beckons. I'm going to assign us a little bit of homework this week. I hope you're up for it. And it get back, gets back to that idea of freedom to and freedom from. The next time you feel put upon, ask yourself, am I wishing to escape? Because that's the freedom from. So next time you're feeling like you have too many responsibilities or that your, your job is a little bit too crazy, the next time you're feeling um, like you're being strangled kind of in a relationship or, or something's going on and you want to get out, if the feeling is to flee, if the feeling is to get out or to avoid or to stay home under the covers, I want you to ask yourself, this is the freedom from that Larry was talking about, isn't it? And I'm identifying with what I don't want to experience. I'm identifying with the bad boss. I'm identifying with the bad relationship, with the too many responsibilities, with the twins that have been up all night crying. I've been identifying with what I don't want to experience. And let us just shift it. So this week, when you have that feeling of tightness, when you have that sense of being caught up in something that's too hard or not to your liking, Instead, ask yourself, what do I have freedom to do, to be? What is my heart's desire here? What is it that I wish to experience? We are granted the ultimate freedom in this universe if we accept it, if we act upon it. I'm going to close today with a prayer about freedom. Let us pray. There is one power, there is one presence, there, there is that infinity that we call God. It's present everywhere. It represents the life eternal. It's limitless. In the meditation when I asked each one of us to just picture ourselves floating free, this is God. This is the infinite. This is me. And as I am free, as my resources are unlimited, as my joy is unbound, 
I know it is true for each person in this room as well. That each person here may claim that unfettered existence, that, that joyous and expansive life. Each person here free to enjoy love. Free to enjoy peace. Free to have the, the joy and the love the abundance, free to fully express always. And you know what? I'm just grateful for this. I'm grateful to be here in the presence of God as it takes the form of these hands and these hearts. Grateful to be part of God, expressing fully in freedom today. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here tonight.